0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Hey guys, this is Super Bowl champion Mike Logan from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast.
0: Hello, Steeler Nation. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. Today, we are Honored to have the Super Bowl XL champion safety of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Logan. Mike, how are you doing today, man? Good to see you.
1: I'm doing well, Striker man. I see you got that cat sitting there on your lap now. It's a good thing that I'm not in studio with you because I am actually allergic to cats. So I would be having <laughs> the worst reaction right now. But since I'm in my car and you're there, I'm pretty good.
0: Good. We'll keep you separate. I mean, as a lot of Steeler Nation knows, I am in my cat's room. The studio is the cat's room, so I cannot have a podcast without being in this room. And sometimes she does her own little cat cameos when she's not getting enough attention. (laughs) Well, she's adorable, but I'll just keep her over there and I'll stay here. (laughs) Nice. Hey, Hey, Mike, where in Steeler Nation are you currently living right now? Right now,
1: I am in the historic Hill District section of the city, um, yeah. right in Uptown. I can actually throw a rock uh, from my house and hit the uh, where the pens play at their home. Oh, and uh, nice. it is beautiful. Uh, I love it, man. And uh, they're doing some uh, very um, interesting things with the city right here in Uptown. Yeah. And that's currently where I'm actually broadcasting from right now. I'm right in the um, Hill District, right off of Center Avenue, uh, in the parking lot of the Thelma Lovett YMCA.
0: Sweet. Oh, that's great. And you, of course, I mean, I knew this. I don't know if all of Steeler Nation knows this, but I mean, essentially you are Pittsburgh born, raised. I mean, this yeah. is this is your home. So we're this happy is- to have a, a Pittsburgh native uh, with Steeler Nation, especially one that was able to play for us. And first off, though, like we know you grew up in, in the Pittsburgh area playing at McKees Sport High School. Um, I'll just assume that you grew up a Steelers fan then?
1: <laughs> yes, I was the ultimate Steeler fan. My uh, grandfather worked at the steel mill and he had the little emblem on his his hard hat that I used to say, well, I'm going to have that helmet on someday. Nice. And For me to be able to bring this dream to fruition, well, for God to be able to bless me to bring this dream to fruition. Uh, there's not too many words that you can describe about how I felt when I was uh, signed as a
0: free agent uh, to come
1: home and play for my hometown team.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. and And, and we'll get to that uh shortly though and I just wanted to know personally when you were going to school in McKeesport and you were playing football were you always a safety did you play other positions
1: um well it's interesting I I grew up uh in West Mifflin and I played for the West Mifflin Trojans as a youngster and I was always a tailback I mean I had the ball in my hands and I was you know I was an offensive player. I wasn't really known for my defensive player. Now, I did play DB a little bit, but it was kind of just like a freelance, go wherever the ball is thrown.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, when I got to West Virginia, uh, I ended up playing cornerback, and I ended up switching to safety when I got drafted to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was the first time really? that I really played the strong safety position. Uh-huh. In high school, I was more of a roamer, so I didn't really play that position, but um, really just got... You know, turned into a safety when I got to, to Jacksonville.
0: Nice. And when you were growing up, who were your favorite Steelers when you were watching them uh, back in uh, Pittsburgh? All of them. All <laughs> of them. No,
1: uh, I mean, I emulated every Pittsburgh Steeler that there was <laughs> on those rosters, especially being born in the 70s and all the, yeah. the Super Bowl teams. Yeah. Me and my friends uh, used to play in my backyard, which was in Whitaker Projects. We yeah. used to call it um, uh, 6C. Uh, Three River Stadium, because I had the biggest yard and the projects there, nice. and my friends and I would dress up in you know the the striped shirts with the with the numbers on them that you got from Hills Department Store. Yeah, I would man. have all of those numbers, and I would <laughs> p- pretend to be John Stallworth. I would pretend oh. to be Lynn Swan. I would pretend <laughs> to be Rocky Blyer. I would pretend <laughs> to be Mean Joe Green. So <laughs> any one of the Pittsburgh Steelers from back in the day when we had our championship years, I emulated them in my backyard.
0: Yeah, and and I know you also talked about there quickly. I mean, you still ended up staying pretty local for college as well because you went right there, yeah. to, local to West Virginia University. What, what was yeah. it like being a Mountaineer and playing for them? Uh, a being a
1: Mountaineer, uh, yeah. uh, it it was the it was an outstanding experience, and I'll tell you uh, the reason why. Don Nealon. Don oh. Nealon is a Hall of Fame coach who really spoke into my spirit that I could be a professional football player. He told me if I kept my nose clean and with the athletic talent that I was blessed with, that I could play on Sundays if I just kept my head down, focused on football and didn't let any of the outside things deter me. So he really spoke that into me and that's what made my collegiate uh, tenure so just, you know, uh, it it was just amazing because of Don Nealon and the influence that he had over my life.
0: That's great. And then you end up getting drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars and talk to me about the draft experience. What was it like? Obviously, I mean, you're playing football your whole life and now you're in the league and you go to Jacksonville. So what was it like just being drafted initially?
1: Well, that whole experience was just something, you know, just, it's a dream come true. But when you're in that moment of it, you don't know where you're going to get drafted. You have all these experts, An analyst telling you that you can go here, you can go here. Ultimately, I wanted to go to my hometown team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and bring that dream to fruition that I said when I was six years old. But I got drafted by Tom Coughlin in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now I had a brief experience with Tom Coughlin when he was coaching at Boston College. And he drafted Aaron Beasley, who was my teammate at West Virginia, the year before I was drafted. Nice. Nice. being able to get drafted by a team where I knew someone um, who I had a little familiarity with when playing against coach coughlin in college it made my transition a little bit smoother just being able to have guys that I already knew and were around previously
0: so you played for four years I assume you played out your rookie contract there in Jacksonville mm-hmm. and then you became a free agent so was the first thing when you became a free agent Were you like, hey, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh boy wants to come home. What happened? How did you end up coming back to Pittsburgh?
1: <laughs> now, that's a, that's a very, very funny story. I uh-huh. used to go to um, the Civic Arena and watch all the basketball games. Yeah. And Swin Cash, uh, who went to McKeesport High School, mm-hmm. was playing basketball. I think she was in a tournament. I can't remember where it was, but I actually seen Bill Cower. Oh, and, wow. And um, I was telling them at the time, you know, coach, I'm a free agent. I think you guys – might be in the uh, market for a defensive back. Let's make something happen. Yeah. Just kind of jokingly saying that. Um, the next week, I believe it was, Kevin Colbert called my agent, Steve mm. Hayes, and was like, hey, we're in the market. We think Mike would be a good fit. Oh. And when Steve told me that, I cut him off mid-sentence and said, I'm signing there. And he was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me do my job. We, I think we can get more value for you somewhere else. I said, Steve, I'm going home to play for my hometown team. And I said, I don't care. If they if they offer me a deal, I'm taking it and I'm signing it. And he's oh. like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> so, you know, I ended up calling my pops and we sat down and talked about it. Yeah. And before I knew it, I was over on the south side signing the contract to become a Pittsburgh Steeler.
0: Oh, what a great story, man. That is yeah. awesome. Awesome. It, it was so- awesome, man. So did um so did you end up talking to to uh, Cowher then before you signed it again signed again to, to talk about hey you know remember when we met there at the at the basketball game what was going on it's like did you have a hand in that
1: <laughs> yeah you know we 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 shared some stories about it but I would see Coach and I knew Coach before I signed yeah about to come home just being around him and uh, my dad is actually he was a photographer editor for KDK uh, news oh, cool. here in Pittsburgh yeah so there mm-hmm. were a lot of times when I would be able to go down to. Uh, the stadium, especially Three River Stadium when I was younger, mm-hmm. and be around some of the o- older Pittsburgh Steelers while he was doing interviews and such. Oh, nice. So I knew Bill Coward from there. And I, I, I like to think that that relationship has something to do with bringing me home to play for my hometown team.
0: Nice, nice. Um, I assume you've watched this past season. I wanted to get a little bit of your input also on, you know, essentially the Steelers team as a whole. I mean, I, I thought of it as being, you know, bittersweet essentially but really loved Ben's progression him not being able to play football at all recovering from that surgery to come along and even even though he lost in the playoffs he still set records for attempts and passes and second 500 yard game ever so I think he had an amazing year Um, and I know he tried to do a lot of it and we (laughs) we weren't really expecting him to do so much of it but how did you see the overall performance of the Steelers and how did you kind of react and kind of soak it in what does it mean to you for this season
1: um, my first reaction was when they went eleven to zero. I kind of got a little worried. Oh yeah, because you, the, the the season you're going to have uh, a, a a season a, a quarter where the ball doesn't bounce your way, yeah. where you're not getting those particular calls that are on the fence, yeah. and your production is going to be up and down. Mm. And when they got off to that good start, I figured that. They got a lot of the breaks in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. The ball bounced their way in the second half of the season. And then yeah. you get a little bit of luck in that third uh, quarter of the season. And yeah. then it's like, it's going to come. So I was a little worried. Um, I did a couple of interviews where I spoke about that because it starts to become more about the record and mm-hmm. just keeping the perfect donut uh, from the last column in your on your record. Yeah. instead of just preparing the next week to beat your opponent. And I know every athlete says they can block it out and they're yeah. not worried about the record. But when people in the media, in the press, and especially Steeler Nation, is, that's all they're talking about is we're undefeated. Yeah. Um, I think that becomes the headline and you lose a little bit of the integrity that you're preparing for. Mm. And I think that happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit. And I also think that there was a little fatigue that set in mm-hmm. with the offensive line with yeah. Ben as a quarterback, being out all that time. And we didn't know how strong his arm would be yeah. when he came back from taking all of that time off and then having surgery. Yes. So as the season, you know, the season is a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget how long it is for you to just put your body through that weekend and week out. And I think that fatigue set in on the Pittsburgh Steelers the last quarter of the season.
0: And that's a good point too, because almost the way that Ben came back. Also, it felt like he was kind of uh, a rookie coming back into the league. I mean, he'd, he'd been laid off for so much time. He hasn't really used that arm. It seemed like he almost hit a rookie wall. Once we started hitting week uh, 10, 11, 12. Uh, like you usually see with the rookie classes that come up through. Um, right. But, but it, like I said, it, it's when the Steelers didn't have a rushing attack to at least try to help alleviate some of that job from it. He's trying to do it all of himself. So yes, it's, I, obviously it's tougher for him.
1: I mean, and and this type of Steeler football offensively is not what I'm accustomed to seeing. Yes. <laughs> I, I, we didn't throw the ball 68 times now when I played, you know, for the Steelers. So yeah. that was a little, I mean, you know, people talk about seeing your, your, your grandparents Steelers. These aren't your grandparents, yeah. uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, but we're known for that type of ball and not being able to play that way uh in the later part of the season i think really was a detriment to our team
0: so when you're watching steeler games do you really focus then on the defensive side of the ball are there specific since you're a safety do you really key in on the safety work and the secondary work when you're watching games or you just kind of watch the overall game as a whole
1: well i'll I'll say this for the past few years um i haven't really been able to watch a lot of football i have a four-year-old and a two-year-old now and i'm usually watching uh blippy or something, you know, (laughs) of that nature. So now when I watch the games, when I have an opportunity to, it's for enjoyment, unless I'm watching with uh, some of my student athletes that I I coach uh, at university prep, or I'm trying to give some kind of advice to a former player of mine who may be preparing for the NFL, Mm -hmm. then I'll get into the breakdown. But I I want an opportunity to just kind of be a fan sometimes and just enjoy it and look at it from their perspective. So they look, they, so I can understand the way they see it. So when they see me out in public, when I'm, when I play the game, I understand why they're so frustrated or (laughs) what makes them go crazy. I, I wanted to try to put myself in their shoes and watch it from that perspective.
0: And well, congratulations on your new family. That's awesome news, Mike. And Thank I know what, it, what it's you. like to start to start the family. And it's, it's, it does take all of your time and attention. I'm with you there, man. <laughs> and TV. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I want to watch that. Yeah. yeah so we're, we're now at the portion of the show where we take questions from Steeler Nation. So we have people okay. up here on Twitter that are going to ask us questions, people on Facebook that have asked us some questions. And also we're taking it from SteelerNation.com which is where our forum members ask us questions and we got a bunch from there. So first one I wanted to ask you is coming off of Facebook and uh, Justin uh, Laving said, what is your favorite moment with Dan Rooney?
1: Man, oh man, there there were so many, but I'll just say this. When you see the owner of your team Mm -hmm. walk down to practice and just in the most humble way greet everyone with respect Mm. with dignity with integrity Mm. Um, that speaks volumes and we got to see that on a daily basis and then to take it a step further to give Ike like the special handshake that those guys have (laughs) or to sit in a session where Casey Hampton is actually cracking jokes (laughs) on the owner of our team and him just embrace and laugh F that all of those things, Ugh. those are the special moments that you'll never forget. Yeah. And I, I think about that all the time. I mean, Casey Hampton cracking jokes <laughs> on the owner of the football team's pants in the <laughs> middle, you know, in the middle of practice. Oh, um, those are the moments that you miss as a former player. Yeah. Those are the moments that you miss. Not necessarily uh, so much the games and yeah. being out there, but those moments that you know, I can share with my grandkids that I was able to, you know, stand on the field, not only play for the team, but to have a personal relationship with the owner. That was, that was the most special moments. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the fed marketplace breaks it all down. So you don't have to listen to marketplace, wherever you get your podcast.
0: I've got a question also here from steel dino. He asks who was the best opposing high school player that you faced at McKee sport.
1: Oh, at McKee sport. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of great high school players that we played against. But one of the toughest opponents that I faced was my um, senior year was Tom Tomlety. Yeah. For Penn Hills. Yeah. Um, a linebacker who had all the, you know, intangibles to be great. And uh, he was the one who, who put a damper in my senior season by beating us over in Penn Hills yeah. and giving us our first loss my senior season.
0: Wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Slash Deal also wants to know: uh, Can you compare your time in Jacksonville to your time in Pittsburgh? How different were those organizations? Uh,
1: they were they were very different. At the time when I got to Jacksonville, I think it was only their second or third year in existence. They were yeah. an expansion team, hmm. so they were kind of learning things on the rope. But hmm. they had so much success early in their tenure as a franchise in the NFL. I was enjoying the wave of just being there and everything was fresh and new. So they, you know, they, they treated us like royalty and then we were getting the respect of a tenured team in the national football league because we were winning and having success. Yeah. But we were still an expansion team. When I came home again, it was the familiarity. It was the accomplishment of a dream for me. So for the first year I was kind of just riding the wave. I, I really, couldn't fathom that my dream became a reality and then being able to go on and win a Super Bowl with my hometown team nothing can compare to that (laughs) nothing nothing can compare to that but I will say that Jacksonville set the foundation of who I was as a player and it came through some very difficult times because Tom Coughlin got a bad rap as almost being a dictator of a coach yeah I didn't realize how instrumental the discipline that he instilled in me, and the way that he ran his program, would help me to be able to play for over a decade in the National Football
0: League. Oh, that's gr- that's a great, a great kudos to Tom Coughlin, who also had some excellent success with the with the Giants. I mean, we know everybody right. in Steeler Nation, everybody in the NFL knows Tom Coughlin, and and even he was the first coach for that organization. I yes. sure. when yes. he started, I think they made the playoffs either in their first or second year, and he really he really turned it around and that's difficult for anyone to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, speaking about your Super Bowl, can you think back to that Super Bowl victory is is there any like big memories that really stick out to you from that game?
1: Um the the biggest memory that happened for me in that game was after the game uh-huh. lifting my mother over the stadium wall <laughs> to come down onto the field. And oh. um my mother was sick at the time and she oh. was going through some, um, some, some deathly ill, uh, health-related symptoms and uh, her being able to share that moment with me mm. was the best thing that any young man who's had the support system of his mother being there from day one, who actually you know used to beat me in foot races outside on the baseball field, to prepare me to get ready for my NFL career was the most special thing that I'll be able to cherish um, forever. And my mother unfortunately passed away in 2008, Mm. um, a few years after we won the Super Bowl, but her just being able to be there with me um, and saying to me, you know, I'm so happy that you got to accomplish your dream and I'm so happy that I was there to see it. I'll I'll cherish that forever. And it's something that, you know, just sticks out to me Mm-hmm. Um, even though I, you know, I accomplished my dream, that moment was so savory for me that, uh, you know, nothing compares to that. Nothing.
0: Oh, that's a great story, man. <laughs> and Hoot wants to ask you how, how did the Steelers put the wheels back on this offense? And I assume he means the running game.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I think the running game starts with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were a lot of injuries on the offensive line this year. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to need some fresh blood and then they just have to get back to um, the physical style of play that we know as stiller football, Mm -hmm. because again, throwing the ball 68 times, it looks great for the stat book. Yeah, but you need to be physical and you have to understand that we are the intimidators when we come to the field and teams come in and know that they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're saying it's going to be physical we know that we're going to be battered and bruised the next day. Not, It's not the mindset that our DBs are going to be running down the field 68-time yeah. covering receivers. I think we have to establish the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it starts up front with the offensive line.
0: Nice. And what was the greatest locker room prank you ever saw?
1: Wow, the greatest locker room prank happened in Jacksonville, Ooh, actually. Nice. It happened in Jacksonville. <laughs> And there was a rookie that came in with me. His name was Damon Jones. He was a tight end. Yeah. And he went after the big dog uh, and Mark Brunel in the oh, locker room. Yep, quarterback. And put and put ink oh. in the bottom of his cleats. <laughs> and and he he wore his cleats and had ink on the bottom of his feet for I don't know how many days. <laughs> That, that was one. Now, oh, the, greatest, the greatest rookie prank that was ever played on me uh-huh. happened in Jacksonville as well. Uh-huh. And they actually took my helmet from my locker uh-huh. and had me autograph it and get it signed by everyone else in the locker room saying it was for a charity event. <laughs> and when I got out to practice, uh-huh. I'm looking for my helmet. And Tom Coughlin's like, You dumb rookie (laughs) brought my helmet out and I had everybody's autograph on my helmet and had to wear it. For practice, for practice that, day. that day, and the media just had a field day with me afterwards.
0: <laughs> That's a great one. That tell you because like I like a good prank that you can kind of like you know it's a prank. Everybody can kind of see it. It doesn't really hurt anybody, but very memorable. That's a good prank, yes. man. I, yeah, I like
1: that. That was one. a good one. That was <laughs> <a> good
0: ones. <laughs> nice. And uh, FSF would like to know what are the challenges of playing secondary in a zone blitz scheme of Dick LeBeau.
1: Well, I'll tell you the greatest challenge for me was playing with uh, my Hall of Fame teammate, Troy Polamalu. Yeah. Who had a very interesting way of getting lined up in our zone blitz scheme. Okay. To the point that he would have half field responsibility. Half field, meaning that he has to cover from the line of scrimmage to the end zone, uh, half that side of the field. And the ball is about to be snapped. And Troy is lined up at the line of scrimmage. Oh, gosh. (laughs) so. In my mind, I'm thinking there's no way he's going to be able to get back to this half of the field. Yeah. So I kind of moved my alignment over to be able to play center field. Yeah. And just before the snap of the ball, Troy takes a beeline and is able to cover his half of the field. Now, I'm out of position trying to compensate (laughs) for what what I think he's not able to cover yeah and he's able to do it now I'm out of position they completed a pass on my side of the field and I'm looking like dude I didn't think you were going to make it And he's like I got it buddy I got it buddy <laughs> so it, it really just comes down to being in a position knowing what your role and responsibility is and doing your assignment yeah not trying to compensate for anyone else yes. and if you do everything that's uh, in alignment with Coach LeBeau's scheme, mm. the defense is going to work out perfectly. But it comes when other people try to compensate and doing someone else's job or assisting them to do their job. That's when things get finagled.
0: And that's, that's a good point. That's a nice way to kind of describe what it was like to watch the Steelers before they ended up bringing in Minga Fitzpatrick. It, it seemed like right. everybody was kind of trying to overcompensate for other people and help other people out when they, they just blow up big plays the entire time until they finally Ooh. got it a guy Do locking down your
1: assignment.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's great. And then uh, continuing with Troy Polamalu, uh, Chad Matthew wise asked us on Twitter previously, what advice did you pass on Troy in his rookie season?
1: Well, it, it's, it's very interesting because for as much as I tried to pass on a Troy, mm-hmm. he was a student that was a teacher in itself. Wow. And I know that he struggled a little bit in the, in his rookie year um, with coming in, it wasn't so much that he didn't understand what was going. It was that he wasn't there for a couple of days in minicamp when he first came in to sign and he might've missed a little bit of the installation. And yes. I think there were so many expectations on him that he was trying to do too much. When he just got into his natural habitat of just understanding what they're doing and what they expected of him, he turned into a Hall, pro, hall of Fame uh, type of player. Yes. So there wasn't that much advice that I was able to give to him, but I was there for him to help him transition from the collegiate game yeah. to the NFL game because I had an easy transition with having Aaron Beasley in Jacksonville wow. when I got there. So I was able to share some of those things um, on and off the field that were you know, going to happen to you, yeah. to, to Troy, but Troy ended up teaching me more than I ever taught him. And one of those things was just to humility um, he's the most humble person that I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that naturally just fed into me. We had a great relationship. Um, he was one of my best teammates. And he's probably one of the best people that I've ever met in my entire life.
0: Awesome. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> and um, we're now pretty much at the end of the show. So I just wanted you to talk to Steel Nation a little bit. Talk about what you're doing nowadays and your outreach program. I think right. that'd be fun for us to listen to.
1: Yeah, first of all, I just want to say to Stiller Nation, thank you. Um, Guys, you are awesome. You're the number one fan base in my book ever. Um, I still have a great rapport with a lot of fans who reach out to me on my my, my Facebook page, uh, my Facebook fan page, who, you know, support me in all endeavors that I'm doing. So um, I truly appreciate you guys for that. Um, but I do do outreach work for the city of Pittsburgh and their group violence intervention program. Cool. Um, we mentor young youth who may come from uh, distressed and disadvantaged situations. Um, we serve our community here in the Hill District. I work with um, in the Pittsburgh public school system um, as a mentor and as a life skills educator. Um, I do some um, community de- uh, health deputy work for the Neighborhood Resilience Project here in the Hill District. And I also work as um, a supporter, uh, educator, and uh, center that cares, which is also in the Hill District. Um, you can reach and uh, get information on the center that CenterThatCares.org uh, to see a little bit about what we do and who we serve in the community. So I'm just keeping myself busy by being involved with uh, youth sports and youth programs and uh, outreach in the city of Pittsburgh, mainly uh, in the Hill District, but we do serve seven other districts uh, around the city. Well,
0: thank you so much for sharing your time with us today, Mike. I mean, I really appreciate it. I know Steeler Nation appreciates it. And Steeler Nation, you heard it from Mike directly. Make sure to go check out his Facebook fan page. Yes. Also, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at MLogan31. That's at M-L-O-G-A-N-3-1. So keep him all in your social media and yes. hit him up because he's a great guy. And, dude, thank you so much for for just taking the time to be part of this show today. I really appreciate it too, personally. Thanks, Mike.
1: No problem, Stryker. I appreciate it, man. Take care of that cat.
0: <laughs> I will. I will. She's <laughs> sleeping now. <laughs> Hi, man. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. All right. Awesome, man. Thanks. <laughs> yep. Hello, Steeler Nation. Oh, Wrong bumper. <laughs> Visit our title sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises, on Twitter. Be part of their signed merch giveaway done every week. And check out their shop. At www.tscshop.com, their Twitter as at total sports ent Come over to SteelerNation.com for great gear like my podcast shirt. If you want to support a shirt like mine, click on SteelerNation.com on the gear page, on the apparel page. They're nice and soft, they fit well, they're comfortable. I've been wearing this thing all season and it's still holding up. So come on over and grab some nice stuff over there. Uh, SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steeler content on the internet. Click on the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews, like one right here with Mike, or click the forum button for the best football discussion on the web. Subscribe to the Steelernation.com YouTube channel to be first to know about our vidcasts and video uploads, breaking down film at www.youtube.com slash C slash Nation. Tweet us at Steeler Nation, Instagram us at SteelerNation com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore sn podcast and instagram at steeler nation podcast and follow me if you wish on twitter and instagram at sn striker spelled with a y thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by total sports enterprises i'm your host g striker with mike logan rooting along with you as always go steelers